Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Now, now, prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow. Now is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk, and this is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday, newsmaking interviews with the biggest names in rock. Thank you for being here. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and every Thursday you'll get one delivered right to you and ready to go so you can get caught up on everything happening in the world of rock with all of these artists that you love. Uh, again, as I tell you each and every week, the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast all happened live and originated on my Sirius XM radio show. That show is called Trunk Nation, and you can hear it live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific, Faction Talk, Sirius XM channel 103. And remember, if you can't listen in that window, you can listen to the shows on demand anytime you want as a subscriber on the Sirius XM app. There's also audio and video and more for you there. There's a sixth Sirius XM show, an extra one on Mondays, 5 to 8 Eastern on 39 Hair Nation. So a lot of ways to connect. Come on board and join me each and every day for Rock Talk on Sirius XM. If you're not already a subscriber and you're in the U.S. and Canada, if you're only listening to the podcast, you are only getting the tiniest taste of what I do on a regular basis, six shows a week on Sirius XM Radio. Thank you all for tuning in. Social media is at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. Now, if you do listen on the radio, you know that I do interviews and I do shows from all over the place, various cities, locations, concerts, backstage, on stage, cruise ships, what have you. A little bit of a mixed bag here. These interviews come from two different sources, but the artists are tied together on the two interviews coming your way this week because they are both guitar heroes for sure, both incredibly accomplished guitar players. We're going to start first with George Lynch, who you know best from Lynch Mob and Dokken. George joined me from backstage at Rock Island in Key West, Florida last month, and he was playing with his band Lynch Mob. He was a late addition to that bill, and George has been open, and he's such an open book about everything, and he was open about the fact that in Lynch Mob, he never really knows exactly who's playing with him from gig to gig. He kind of picks up people along the way, which makes for a funny moment in the interview you're about to hear because George uh, didn't even know who his bass player was for the gig that was starting in like an hour. Um, so you'll, you'll love this. This took place in an RV in Key West, Florida, backstage before Rock Island. And you'll also hear my friend Don Jameson, who you know from my old TV show, that metal show, he was hanging out with me as well. And then interview number two uh, took place on the phone. I was at my second home in Vegas. Vinny Moore was at his home in Delaware, and we spent some time with Vinny talking about 
his new album, which is out right now, and also some talk with UFO, a band he has played in for like the last 15 years. So Vinnie Moore, second, George Lynch, first, two incredibly great guitar players and back-to-back guitar heroes on this week's edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So let's start in Key West with the great George Lynch on the podcast. Enjoy. All right, now we're live, and we're back from backstage at Rock Island in Key West, and George Lynch just did a whole bit for us during the break, and he thought he was on the air, and he's not. Do you want to repeat from the start or no? You could never do it the same uh, again. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. like you got to get it's like capturing the moment. But yeah. you told me something that I had no idea about because you said you had done my show from the Monsters of Rock cruise, and you yeah. had a drink. That and was it, your cruise, right? I don't own that. I just well, you I told me you did. No, I, well, that's because you were drunk. Cruise. No <laughs> way. Oh, well, that's not what you told me at the time. <laughs> trying to get me into your room <laughs> yeah, I and then thing. i saw the tattoo on your back and i knew that yeah, i, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I, I do not enter do yeah not exactly enter. <laughs> or the eddie was here tattoo right. yeah. well what were you saying you said you had an I- issue with the kid well, like you wrote something okay so you we did our interview just like we're doing now on the cruise that you told me that you owned and we're the <laughs> owner boss whatever. i own the ship yeah, yeah. eddie trump monsters right. of rock tribute cruise and then you're like so we're doing the interview and you're bragging about yourself and everything to dropping all these names, and then you're like, have this <laughs> drink. Who are you talking right? to? You, it's what? not my show. You Do you must want me to lie? Else. Do you want me to lie? Would that make you happy? Yeah, please. Oh, God. I know this is the... So what happened? That's what I like about you. You, you lie, huh? What, what happened? <laughs> uh, with what? The, this incident that oh, I don't you, know about. Oh, when you try to get me drunk into your cabin? No, yeah. the kid. So you're like, try this drink called a righteous fish or something they only had it on that cruise because they use this caribbean tropical guava passion fruit and you're trying to fill me up full of passion fruit to get me all passionate <laughs> I so no i'm like what he's talking about so on your I'm cruise like, so so i'm drinking these things i'm getting a little inebriated and you're like doing this interview and then you we do some autographs and there's all these people lined up and you go okay and this little kid comes up like 12 or 14 or something with his parents and he's like sign the can you sign the back of his shirt and i wrote kick me with an arrow pointed down and I thought that was funny, and his parents got all mad and threatened to sue you and the cruise company. Me? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you weren't involved about? with the cruise. Yeah. Well, what did but anyways, they were just looking for a free. About? They were looking for a free ride. They wanted a free cabin out of it or something. Did but they, they get it? They said uh, no because no because Eddie, uh, not Eddie, the, the actual real owner. Who's the guy that really Larry? Owned? Larry, yeah. Eddie, Larry, whatever. And he goes like, uh, <laughs> he's just trying, yeah. He's making this up. George is writing a song in his head right now. I don't uh, know what you're talking always, about. Always be writing. A-B-R. Uh, no, no. So anyways, the kid, no, they didn't fall for it. They didn't give the parents a free room. The kid was not traumatized. I'd be bragging rights for the rest of his life having George Lynch write, kick me on the back of your shirt when they were appointed onto your ass. Um, I was going to write, do not enter, but... <laughs> It's a kid. In case he ran into a priest or something. This is why Doug handed you a water this time. (laughs) Righteous righteous water. That's water in that can. Yeah, that's not the fish drink or whatever it is you're just talking about. So, anyway, you're a late addition to this thing. You you got the call to come on to Rock Island pretty late in the game here because uh, Vince canceled. Yeah, a lot of people, what they wanted to see uh, Vince Neal. But he couldn't be here, so here's George Lynch. <laughs> That's I'm going to intro you tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, you wanted the greatest, you wanted the best. They couldn't be here, so here's George. Well, it's a good thing that you were free, and you're here playing oh, with Lynch I'm Mob. Available. You're doing Lynch Mob. What? What? You've already said Lynch Mob is basically at this point a, a revolving door, which I, which it's great that you just came out and said that because that's what it's been. Yeah. What is the band you're playing with here today? Who do you have? I can't even remember. Did their you names, just meet them? So, <laughs> right. I just, I literally did just meet the drummer today. Actually, I played with him one other time at a private uh, event. Um, Jordan, I know Jordan. Jordan, he's fantastic. Great. I played with him in Blandini or something. Or no, I actually got to jam with Billy Gibbons. And he was the drummer in that, and we did some rehearsals and stuff. And he's a sweet kid, and he's a monster and very capable. And uh, and we just had a rehearsal, as you saw in our, what yeah, would you I, call that, a trailer? Yeah, I popped my head in for a quick second. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I just wanted to no, invite you no, to come we to needed, this. We, need, we needed an audience, a fake audience. <laughs> we wanted to make sure George Lynch was in Lynch Mob. Yeah, exactly. Well, he didn't dude, sub you out. If I could hire somebody and I could just be executive guitar player, I'd do it. Hey, that's know? happening. You know that every band's doing that. Like, yeah. you know, no original guys. And Don't it's want like, to drop any names, but yeah, well, well, I'm, I'm privy yeah. to a couple of those things where... The guy just stays home. The, the guy that's the guy stays home and gets, All right. you know, gets a check. And yeah, I mean, if you can get away with it, I mean, fuck, why not? So, so who's, I can't imagine that'd be very fun. No, I mean, so who's the singer? Do you know who your singer is tonight? <laughs> well, that's an interesting story. Uh, 
he's well, his actual name is Gabriel Calon. Okay. But we call him Gay Colon. <laughs> 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 Which is fine in Key West, right? <laughs> True. I mean what? <laughs> So wow! wow. So what's, with the, what's with the homophobia in, in this trailer, nothing, dude? Nothing. I'm asking you. So, 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 wow. how long have you had this singer? This is a guy who tried to get me drunk into his know, fucking cabin on the monsters, monsters of Cock Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So, how long have you had this singer? Uh, well, uh, I think it's been about six months or eight months or something. I say this is we, a long run for him. Year or something, yeah. This is a good. Yeah. Te- this is yeah. a good run for six months. Yeah, we're months. doing. We're doing an album, uh, isn't everybody? But we're doing a Lynch Mob record, and it's uh, music's all written. He's about halfway through with the with the vocals, and it's coming out great. Did a great job. Uh, uh, we have um, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan on drums is, is temporary while Jimmy Deanda takes a break. So Jimmy's back playing with you again uh, in March. Okay. Yeah, he's coming back in March. And who's a, playing bass? I'm gonna be. A thousand percent honest, honest and ashamed, and he's probably outside. I could ask him his he last know. name, but I uh, uh, have you ever played? Starts with, him? with J. Have you ever played with him jo- before? No, hold on, yeah, no, he's been in the band for a while. <laughs> Jaco Pastorius. He's like that, but less Italian. <laughs> Does he have a funny you know, nickname? Uh, no, what is his name? You know, he's he, he's in that other band. You know that other that one guy in that one band. Well, oh, the one that does the Eddie Trunk Monsters Cruise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're it all gets, it gets people drunk and whatever George just what, said. What, I, I'm sorry, I came unprepared. I, uh, Lynch Mob truly a revolving door. The most important thing, no, let's be honest about Lynch Mob, is George Lynch. At least for now, no, is no, still no, hold in on. his I'm own still band. In the band. Right. And and hold on, but I, I he's probably out here. <laughs> George is actually he's, going. To, he's leaving. He's going to introduce himself to his bass player that he's playing with. He's literally leaving the trailer right now to look for the. This is. Is he out there? He's, yeah, you got his. Do you have his number, Doug? Can I you? I do have his number. In fact, I just texted him earlier, so I've got it right here. Yeah, so you can look and see what number you have. No, it's not, I'm not going to get his. No, what, you his, see what his name is. Jaron. Jaron. Because the drummer's Jordan, and I mean, Jaron is really confusing because they're all J's and so sounds similar. So it's Jaron. All right. And who does Jaron play with? Lynch Mob. Well, no, the other band. Now. Uh, this t- uh, Tantric. Tantric. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we know oh, he's those. amazing. We he's know him, yeah. Amazing. He's really, he's become sort of the foundation of the band, being like, yeah, he's, he's like the epicenter of everything. He's very uh, hands-on. Um, not like you are on the boat, but you know, different right. kind of hands very on. handsy. <laughs> right. I meant more in a musical sense. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so are you still uh, doing the stuff with Dokken when you get up with Don? You did that here last year, where you did the last five songs or whatever. Yeah, you still doing that stuff? Yeah, we do that quite a bit. How actually. is how has that been for you? That whole experience doing that? It's a little surreal, and you know, sitting in the dressing and listening to all my solos and songs I wrote and and everything. And I'm like sitting right here. I'm like. This is weird and, and a little disconcerting. And, and it's, but if I don't think, you know, I'm trying to think about it. It's just, you know, hey, you know, life's never perfect. I mean, it's fine. You know, it's fun for me. I go out there, I could do it in my sleep, three songs that, you know, yeah, it's easy. Have it's you ever fun. done it where and Lynch crowd loves it. Have you ever done it when Lynch Mob is not on the bill as well? Yeah, yeah, I do both. So, you, so there's been times you've gone and done a gig and you only do three songs. And you About half the time I do. Really? I just go out myself. Yeah. Do, do you, is there a reason why you just don't do the it's whole all show? The, it's, uh, oh, well, there is a technical financial reason why. Money. Yeah. It's always money. Everything's money. That's so what I, I tell my kids. Like, everything about anything in life, it, you want to find out the root source of all what's going on? I tell Follow this audience every single day <laughs> when they money. ask me questions and stuff, 98% of the time it's going to come back to For money. everybody involved, well, you know, for, for Dokken and especially, it probably makes more sense for me to do it this way. But I don't want to get on all the nuts and bolts of the money, but it's just, um, it's a financial thing. Are you and Don uh, getting along Yeah, well? everything's fine. Uh, he's, he lives in uh, Santa Fe, and we're, we're in Taos half the year, so we're sort of neighbors. Is there any desire to make an, a docking record with Don? Mm-hmm. Has there been talk about that at all? No? There has been, but it's not going to happen. Not Because you don't want to, he doesn't want to, or it doesn't make sense financially? It's just everything with docking is so difficult when we did that reunion, and it's just painful. You know, it's just like, yeah, it shouldn't be this hard, you know? Uh, I mean, I'd be willing to do it, but it'd be a hard record to make. I mean, it'd be a lot of expectation. I don't want to do it and not have it be 
like this swan song thing that really defines you and is a great bookend to go out on, you know. Um, you know, so, you know, everybody has to be 100%, you know what I'm saying? So if everybody's not 100%, and, and Mick's not in the game anymore. He's totally done, right? Yeah, he sold his drums, and he's not even... He's yeah. not a drummer anymore. Yeah. When well, you said you the, would remember everybody's name, though, if you did it. As long as it doesn't begin with Jay. Bill Pilsen. Depends how many righteous fishes I've had. Yeah. <laughs> when you said you did that last reunion with Doc, and when you went to Japan and you did the live thing and all that, you just said that that was difficult. What made that so difficult? Everybody was drunk the whole time. Is that right? Including me. And uh, from, time, from the get-go, from... You know, we got up till end of show. Um, it was just, uh, you know, what it was was in the 80s, we were a band. We were over-rehearsed. We practiced. We toured our asses off. And, and you know, we became this really tight unit. And when we reformed, it wasn't practical to have that sort of preparation. You know what I mean? So we rehearsed for a few days. and. Mm. It really wasn't. It's no way you can go 40 years later and be that, you know, get all that back, all of it. So we started, you know, get, really pulling it together, you know, after a show or two. But um, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was fine. But it wasn't that thing that we had back in the day, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you couldn't expect that, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Now, you've done a lot of bands and still do. I played amazing, by the way. Uh, yeah, sure the other guys, guys you know, not so much. <laughs> you, there was a new band, and I'm sure you're aware of this, maybe you're not, but there was a new band announced today that you that is releasing a record that you're in. Oh, yeah. Joel, what's the name of it again? Or George, tell me. I know it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning. Well, I, forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I forgot. I said go to his phone. <laughs> yeah. What is it called, Does it George? begin with Jay? And what is it called? It's what? called Righteous Fish. Hello. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah, it is a good. Actually, let me write that down. Uh, it's called The Banishment. The Banishment. What's the story of The Banishment? This is the first we're hearing about it. You won't like it. <laughs> is it like Lynch Biscuit? It's not gay. That's why you won't like it's it. Not, is it like Lynch Biscuit? <laughs> well, no, it's, it isn't like that. It's, it's, it's actually industrial-esque, Lynch, I would say. Lynch Inch Nails. Lynch Nails. Lynch Inch Nails. <laughs> It is. George likes that. Is it, That's great. That is it is more great. industrial? Like it's an indu- Richard Patrick's part I, of it. Richard Patrick's part of it. Uh, uh, Tommy Victor from Prong. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some guys from. Uh, I can't remember all the names of bands again. God, it's this old old guy thing. I'm forgetting. Um, Lords of Acid. How long does the history of this band go back? Like, how did this come together? Was it uh, around for a long time? At least ten years. So is the brainchild of me and Hayes. Hayes is my partner, Joe Hayes. Uh, he's a programmer, industrial kind of remixer and engineer and plays guitar and multi-instrumentalist and everything. Mostly an engineer and mixer. Uh, that's a strong point from that world. You know, I work with Nine Inch Nails and Prodigy and all these great bands and lesser known bands. And uh, anyways, uh, Hayes and I connected and with this idea of doing this record. So 10 years ago, we got into my studio for a month and we just you know locked the doors and went fucking nuts and we wrote this epic thing and we thought and then we spent the next 10 years trying to finish it so we went through many many singers mandy lyon was a singer for a while tommy victor was the singer in it twice mm. <laughs> got in it left got in it, left um, he had commitments and we were running too slow and then it was just yeah we've had other people which i can't even remember their names there's been a lot of people involved in it. And we've kept working on the record. So now we have Devix Zell. There's been all these kind of strange underground bands, and he's in this, like, dream punk kind of project. Anyway, so he came in. He also directed the video that we just released today. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's very talented. And um, um, so we finished the record, and we put it out. Uh, it's uh, it's coming out in uh, March. I yeah, I got the date here. It's March 10th, they say. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for you as a guitar player... Doing music like that—that's more industrial. Do do you get? Are you? Is there a lot of guitar in it? Yeah, there's a lot of guitar. There's solos. Probably more guitar in that record than any record I've ever done. Even a lot of solos. Yeah, tons. It's not really purely industrial. I mean, a real industrial band would listen and go, "Go, that's not industrial." It has elements of that, but it has elements of a lot of other things. I mean, there's a song in there that sounds like it could be a shot A song. Oh, I mean, okay. there's just like mellow, crazy stuff. There's a thing that sounds sort of priesty, but like you know, heavier priest, and 
you know, it's all kinds of stuff. It's got a huge variety. It's very eclectic, but, you know, it started out wanting to, wanting to take an industrial kind of right track on this thing, but, it, you know, it ended up being a little bit of a lot of other things. Do you uh, envision being able to keep this going and actually do shows with it, or is it just more of a project? You know, with all the projects, uh, it really de- it's very dependent on the, on uh, the success of the project. Getting you know, offers. If the if the video the videos is is uh, is really good, and uh, we, we got we just put a lot of energy and time and money into this video. It's like amazing. So we're like really proud of it. So we're hoping this is a vehicle to really push the band. You know, to get people to sort of pay attention. And if they do, and, you know, my core fans aren't turned off by the fact that it's not docking <laughs> or lynch mob, then maybe it'll do okay, and then it'll give us a reason to go out. Now, other bands, just a couple other, I won't keep you, but there yeah. a couple other bands I want to ask you about, because you've done so much, and you're always doing different output. Yeah, Michael Sweet is playing here today. He was here yesterday. You did the oh, Sweet really? Lynch stuff. Yeah, Stri- right, Striper's, on today. Striper's on tomorrow. Yeah. But he's here already. He was here yesterday. We're what? hanging out. Yeah. Really? He didn't even tell me. Yeah, he's here. I've been talking to him and his wife, like, texting, and they're I didn't here. even know he was here. No, they're here. I don't think we were supposed to say anything it's, to George. Oh, he said, don't tell George I'm here? Well, I didn't. He, he was didn't. out there watching Loverboy with us last night. We were hanging out. Oh, he was having some of those old fish drinks Mike or whatever Reno. you're talking about. Mike yeah. Reno is awesome. So are you going to, you want to do more with uh, with Michael, more Sweet it's, Lynch? It's done. You, you did another record? I did the third. It's done. It's in wow. the cans. coming out this year. Oh, wow. All right. It's I, great, too. Yeah? It's the best one so far. And what about KXM? Yeah, we're we're talking about doing a record too, uh, sometime in the next couple few months, possibly start start working on it. For those that don't know, KXM is George Ray Luzier and Doug Pinnock, and the big thing that people want from KXM is live shows, which has been hard to line up, especially with Ray with Corn. You're shaking your head no already. Not going to happen. We're we're going to keep trying. We had a tour set up uh, some years ago, and. Uh, um, you know, Corn came in at the last minute and says, ah, we got to pull Ray, got obligations, press obligations, got a one-off show in New York, just blew a hole in our whole thing. And they're friends of ours, and everything's cool, but I get it. We can't have, you know, other bands conform to our needs. Right. And trying to find a two-month hole to be able to do anything is impossible. I saw Ray with Corn uh, last year, Labor Day, at Rocklahoma. We're back in the Corn dressing room area, and he came right at me, and he goes... We're going to finally do it. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I've carved out a couple weeks. We're going to do like 10 shows, KXM. Mm-hmm. I said, "Real, oh, it's great, you know? And and then, of course, it didn't happen because yeah. I guess Corn got a call. Yep. So That's unf- what happens. And you have to plan on these tours. I mean, you got to set everything up, obviously, months and months and months in advance. you got to book the shows with promoters. They book three months, four months, five months in advance. And then you have to get your crew together, and you have to rehearse, and you have to invest all this money in this. And you can't do that if you don't know you can absolutely go out and do it. And if you're threatened with the idea that, oh, you know, somebody could just pull the plug at any, even at the 11th hour, and you're just sitting there with your dick in your hand, I mean, you can't uh, risk that. Oh, sorry, know? I'll put it away. Apologize. <laughs> oh, that was my dick. Oh, no. <laughs> in your hand. <laughs> or in Key West. I knew it felt smaller. It's cool. No. Well, that's, wait till, wait till, uh, wait till uh, buy me a beer and, and you know, get me excited. Uh, yeah. Passion fruit. We got a whole drink. different story, dude. Passion fruit. <laughs> Look, Ray's got to stop with these side bands like Corn and yeah. Know. Tell Ray to not. Where yeah. Corn's not going yeah. anywhere. Make the commitment to KXM. Right. What's he doing over yeah. here? George, do you like the fact that at this point, after all these decades of playing, that your career went this way, meaning that you have all these varied bands and different things you can do, different musicians you can sub in and out? Is that do you like that as a musician, or would you have preferred in the perfect world that there's George Lynch, Dawkins, forty year run, and that's the end of it? Hmm. It's almost like is, I got to pick one or the other. Yeah, like well, there's some artists that like. There's like an in between thing. Like to do. like hang their hat one place and that's it and that's what I'm known for and I'm George Lynch I, I from Dawkins. In or, an ideal world, I would it would be nice to have a very very successful core band. Uh, saying like if Lynch Mob or let's say Dawkins was more successful or or or, or, or Lynch Mob was more successful or Dawkins, you know Dawkins was still original band and we were still doing what we were doing in the '80s. That would be preferable. That would probably be ideal because then you'd have that core thing that you could depend on. But with big bands like that, you take lots of breaks and you have time to do other things. Yeah. So that would be perfect. Yeah, yeah. In an ideal world, I guess, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Anything else coming up you want to plug? Anything else you uh, want I got, to mention? Dude, I have so many projects. I got seven records coming out this year. Are you? F- really? Yeah, I got an Ultraphonics record. With, that's with Corey, Corey Glover, Corey right? Glover and, and uh, uh, Pancho Tomaselli from War. And uh, uh, we're 
we're possibly going in to do another Project Infidelica record with Angelo from Fishbone uh, on Cleopatra Records. Okay. So that's in the works. Uh, but that record hasn't been recorded yet. I'm in the middle of recording a Lynch Mob record. We're almost done with that. That'll be coming out this year. Uh, the end, mach- the third End Machine record. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Is, uh, we're just putting the vocals on that with this new singer. Robert's not singing on no, it. No, no, no. We got this guy, Girish. Okay. Who's freaking insane. Not to take anything away from Robert. Robert's amazing. But this you know, a little different flavor. This guy's new generation, new breed. Kind of... Uh, Kind of like the guy I did uh, the Dirty Shirley record with. Oh right, uh, Dino. Dino, yeah, great. It's kind of, kind well, of in yeah. that world, yeah. So, 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 I actually prefer him to Dino. So, so, guy's amazing. So Jeff is still in End Machine. Yeah, so yeah. it's you and Jeff Pilson and Steve Brown, Mick Brown's brother. Steve, who's also playing in Tesla now. Right. Right. Okay, gotcha. Right. All right. Because right. Mick was originally in it on the first record, right. and then you sent him into retirement. The end machine ended, <laughs> yeah. ended Mick wanting to play. I'm yeah. sorry. And then I've got an in, uh, an instrumental record coming out in June called uh, Guitars at the End of the World. And that's all done? Yeah, that's been done for... They should have put it out last the year. The last actually. one was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. Well, this, I this one the is in, one. in the vein of that. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Um so what, what did I miss? So, so Sweet Lynch, Lynch Mob, uh, Dirty Shirley or no? No, okay. Ultraphonics. Ultraphonics. Because of all the lawsuits and stuff, I can't touch that. Uh, the End Machine. The Banishment. The Banishment. Oh, Heavy Hitters. Three. Or Which two. Is, what's Heavy Hitters? Heavy Hitters is uh, on Cleopatra, and uh, it's Jeff Pilson and I doing covers uh, from a, like R&B covers and stuff that we rock up and... All this and this was and this one was with the singer, um, the singer from the Rolling Stones. <laughs> oh, well, I can't. That guy, it's such with an M. I forget names. His last dude. name. His last name's with a J. That's why. Yeah. That's remember. why. <laughs> no, not that guy. The other singer. <laughs> Which Bernard Fowler? Who do you think I was talking about? <laughs> you singer from the Rolling Stones. Yeah, but who? Bernard Fowler. I who were you talking Mick about? Jagger. We thought we were. No, not that well, guy. No, the black guy. the black guy. The black guy. All right, for, Bernard the, Fowler. We thought you were messing the around. The good singer. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Ouch! That goes on the headlines no, but it's tomorrow. <laughs> Bernard Fowler, and it's fucking really cool, fun record. So that's coming out. This and year, KXM, right? you want to make a record with, but it's yeah. not done yet. There, there will be no, another one. You think? I mean, it take us two weeks. Do you still practice? Yeah. Because I'm making all these records. I mean, you just like, you, you, I would think like, are it you doesn't the, take that long to do them. I do them really fast. Are you the guy that like is always on the guitar, sleeping with your guitar next no. to the bed? No. No, I'm the guy that's out camping and chopping wood and fucking hiking and just road tripping and so you being play, family guy. I'm, I don't really. I'm you not play guitar when? My kids don't believe I'm a guitar player. They're like. Oh, they never see it? Like the, the one time, like one of my kids would go to a concert. They couldn't believe it. it was like, that's George? Mm-hmm. What the f- <laughs> Like, they can't believe it. It's just crazy. But, they you know, should follow, you on, like they home, should follow just, you on Patreon. I mean, I'm just, I'm a house cleaning nut. You know, I just clean the house. I'm always doing projects. I'm building. I'm fucking. Really? Are you a clean freak? Shit. Yeah, and I'm just fixing shit and trying to build shit all the time. And, you know, and, you know, that kind of stuff. An outdoor guy and stuff. So I don't really play guitar unless I kind of need to. But I make sure that it's my job. So I got to make sure it's, I, have a, I have a responsibility to it. Because it supports my family and it's my craft and people depend on me and I'm fans and everything. So I can't be that lazy asshole that doesn't, you know, play. And plus, I'm not rich, so I, I'm still got that fire burns in my belly. So I fucking work really hard. How do you feel <laughs> you've changed as a guitar player since when you were a kid? Uh, in some ways, in a million ways, in some ways, not at all. Where I have kind of noticed when I listen to my old stuff, I go, shit, I won't come full circle. Or is that common thread that goes through the whole thing? And I think all the changes I've gone through just keep it interesting for me, but they don't really fundamentally matter. Mm. <laughs> so when you listen to Mr. Scary, what do you think as a player? Oh, yeah. You don't like it? No. Really? No. Well, like, it's one of George's most iconic pieces, the docking instrumental Mr. Scary. And that's well, like, for at its time, it was cool, I thought, I guess. But now, in retrospect, in hindsight, I was just kind of like, there's a lot of, lot of effects and a lot of saying nothing. But I guess it's kind of cool. It sounds kind of frenetic and frantic to me. And now I'm more into more organic music and older music and stuff, you know. Yeah. We all yeah. go back to the music of our youth when we get older. So I'm just listening to 60s and 70s shit and R&B and blues. And, and I listen to that and I go, ugh. 
it's kind of cheesy, but we were younger, and that's what we did back then, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's cool, you know. I and know. and you, for people that don't know, and it was controversial at the time for reasons unknown, because I always said, if you don't like it, don't buy it. But speaking of revising something, you did a re-record a Wicked Sensation a few years ago that you yeah. did a completely different I did take a re, on I it. did a re-record or a remaking of uh, Mr. Scary, too. Did you put that out? Yeah. On on what? Just online, or I is it on it a was, record? It was on a record. I didn't. I never heard that. Nobody did. Nobody cares. <laughs> but yeah. there was blowback that you went in and redid Wicked Sensation, just a different take on From it. Who? Which, fans, you told me that yourself. You're who like, cares? we're getting killed. Well, you did at the time. Yeah, you're like, we're getting killed on this. Yeah, and I'm like, who cares? I said, who cares? Because I'm like, just don't buy it then. But yeah. I thought that was a cool, different take on the record because you didn't replace the other record. It's not like you made the original version unavailable. You just did a different coat of paint. I on should it. have sued myself. <laughs> <laughs> I could have won and lost at the same time. <laughs> What a ridiculous thing to complain about. Right, I agree. Yeah. Oh, he did, his, he did a song that he wrote 30 years ago different, fucker. <laughs> Why would he do something horrible like that? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. It's not like I fucking killed somebody and ate him. I mean, I just fucking redid a song. Right. So God. what about Mr. Scary? Did you, so you said maybe back then it wasn't the best you could do. When you redid it... Nobody cared. No, but did you do it better? I thought so. Oh, okay. But I thought, it, I thought it, by, by leaps and bounds, but people listen to it and just like, eh, meh. Hmm. Is, at its core, was it the same song, the same sound? You just change effects? Or did you uh, go for a totally it was kind of a reinterpretation. Like, it's not the same. No, it wasn't the same. It's kind of the same idea. Right. Yeah. What's it called? Is it still called? Is remember. it Mr. Scarier? That's how memorable it is. <laughs> it starts with J, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Listen, I'll let yeah. you go. I appreciate you coming in. And yeah, I'm going to see you, you on uh, Wednesday in Vegas. We should mention this. Oh, Do you know yeah. you're doing that? Is that open to the public? It's <laughs> yeah, a corporate, it is. corporate thing. No, totally open to the public. They're, oh. they're pushing tickets. Okay. Yeah, this Wednesday, myself, I'll be hosting this. Nice. Our, our buddy Jeff Blando and his uh, band Music Mob. Which Stephen Piercy. Great cover band. The guests are yourself, George Lynch. I'm Piercy. in the Music Mob. That's why it's called Music Mob. Like you're Lynch you're mob. officially a part of the Music Mob? I thought That's, that was Blando and the two other no, guys. No, me and him started out. Oh. Yeah, we trademarked that together. All right. So, George, Blando, uh, who's playing drums? Will? Will. Will Hunt Will on Hunt drums. From uh, Evanescence. And who's playing bass? Uh, Paul Drennan. Paul Drennan. So, there's a Music Mob. From 38 Special. Is he Paul playing in 38 Special? He was. Oh, because they're playing tonight. Yeah. And uh, Piercy's going to get up and do some songs. Yeah. And, Danny uh, Coker's going to get up and yeah, do some songs. Yeah. Counting Cards. And uh, Jesse, James yeah. Dupree from Jackal. Yeah. He's going to get up and do some songs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's going to have the chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was chainsaw because of there's like Can some he travel rules. with that? No. So he has to get one of those blower leaf blowers. <laughs> he's going to have a leaf blower this <laughs> yeah. time. Well, the one with the big pack on the back, you know, and the headphones. <laughs> yeah, it's safer. <laughs> Jesse needs to put the chainsaw on his rider so it's there already when he gets to the gig. If there's one city you could do a chainsaw on, it's Vegas. Exactly, right, exactly. You could juggle chainsaws in Vegas. What? That's what he does. Puts it on his rider? The chainsaw? Yeah. Oh. So a runner has to go to Home Depot every, <laughs> exactly. for every show. Some, some two-in-one oil and whatever you need. Uh, so anyway, that's this Wednesday at Vamped in Vegas. It is open to the public. Tickets are like only 10 bucks. It's going to be a great jam. Obviously great musicians. And Blando and Lynch alone up there on that stage are, are just awesome. Jeff, you know the thing about Blando, and he's playing here today because Slaughter's playing. The thing about Blando that always blows me away is his singing. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that. His voice is yeah. Unbelievable. He's the greatest singer in rock. I mean, he's just like insane. It's just like, how'd that big voice come out of you? That's freaking ridiculous. You should be in Lynch should Mob. Be in every band. He should be Lynch Mob. <laughs> he will be next well, week, probably. We always want to play together, but yeah, it's just, you know. You hear Jeff yeah. sing something like Still of the Night or a Zeppelin song oh, or something? It's stupid. This little guy with this massive voice. I love his guitar playing, too, but I mean, I said to him many times, dude, you could just be the singer, man. It's just amazing. Yeah. The pipes on that. He's guy. one of those Swiss Army knife guys, too. He does yeah. everything. He's the engineer, he's the roadie, he's the mixer, he plays every instrument, he writes, he sings. He, I mean, you name it. And he used to live in Vegas. He put the sound system in Vamped. He probably built the road that goes there. You know, I mean, he's just like insane. Put the toilets in this joint. Exactly. Listen, man, great to see you. Thank you. you, Thanks for coming by, George Lynch, everybody. Well, thank you to George for joining me. And uh, 
Lynch Mob killed it that night. George may have not known who was playing bass for him, but he sounded great. I went out and watched him when we were done with that interview and brought him on stage there at Key West at Rock Island. All right, uh, keep an eye out for George. Play some gigs with Dawkin from time to time as well as you heard. And there's a million other bands coming out. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Next up, Vinnie Moore, phenomenal guitar player, has played with a bunch of different people, has a brand new solo album out, and he also is uh, hopeful, like me, that UFO will do a few final shows. Here's the conversation with Vinny. Vin. Hey, Eddie, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. What are you up to? Where are you at? I'm at home, sitting in my studio. Oh, always working, always creating, right? You got to do it, and it's a feast or famine thing. So when you feel creative, you gotta you gotta get those moments and get them down on tape. Yeah, well, you just released a record in Double Exposure. Are you working on another one already? I just always working on ideas and songs. You know, I have like actually too many things laying around to be honest with you. But yeah, I'm always like in creative zone, and you know, recording little bits that I come up with, and you never know what you're going to use. You know, I was uh, this coming Tuesday on this show. I, from time to time, I do these things. I call them uh, producer spotlights, where I highlight a producer and his entire career. And the one I re and I recorded it, and it's airing next week. And the guy that I have coming up next is Mike Varney. And Varney oh, brought wow. you Varney brought you up because we talked. I talked about Varney's whole career, and he brought you up about uh, first discovering or, or bringing you out. I, I, what band was it in? Were you in, was it Vicious Rumors? It was Vicious Rumors. We did a record in 1985, believe it or not. So that was, was that the first thing that you had released, Vin? I had played the soundtrack on the Pepsi television commercial, and then Vicious Rumors was actually the first record I was on. How, how'd you get the gig doing the Pepsi commercial? Well, I was in Varney's column in Guitar Player Magazine, which was called Spotlight for New Talent. I sent in um, my demos, and luckily he featured me in his column. And for whatever reason, a production company from Los Angeles was casting for this commercial, and they were having problems finding someone to do it. So they just opened up Guitar Player, and they happened to see my picture. They read the review Mike had given me, and they called me up one evening at like 6, p.m. and uh i was on a plane to la the next morning it was pretty crazy wow i mean and that's kind of some of the stuff and, and it's interesting to hear that because the audience will get this whole you know varney's whole history when they listen next week but he really even for a kid like you at that point in your life 
trying to get attention for your guitar playing, Varney really was through that column like the gateway. He was like the holy grail to getting on the map for your playing. If you if you got his endorsement or he did something on you, it really mean meant a lot then, right? Yeah, and then him having the record label Shrapnel was like the next step from there. So, you know, it was really amazing for me, great opportunity for a lot of others as well, as you've mentioned. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, there were so many players that came out of that, and we will definitely talk about that with him, and we'll, you'll hear us get into that story next week. So tell me about Double Exposure. I, I imagine the the uh, the title of it plays off of the fact that one side of it is essentially with singing, and the other side is instrumental. In the past, a lot of your solo records have been instrumental. Talk about your pro- approach and why you decided to do this one like this. Yeah, this was uh, my first solo record that has vocals on it, and it wasn't intended to be a vocal record. It was going to be like a guitar instrumental EP. It was during the lockdowns, you know, all our touring was grounded. I was just sitting at home, like, what do I do? I'd like to get creative and get some music out there. So I had some songs, and I thought, why don't I just, like, make a short instrumental record with these six tunes, put it out there, you know, it'll be a real quick thing. And then as I was listening to the demos, kind of, you know, sifting through for ideas and whatnot, I started singing with one of the songs. And I thought, wow, this would be a really good vocal song, man. And as I listened through to the other songs, you know, they were all hitting me as things that could be good vocal songs. So I had this idea to like, maybe I can get some of my uh, friends who sing to be on these songs this, it was kind of a light bulb moment where I thought maybe I could do this half and half record, you know, and uh, half instrumental, half vocal. And so I decided to go with it, man. It seemed like a cool and different and quirky thing to do. And so I, you know, the, the short little project that was going to come out quickly, you know, grew monumentally and it became more of a big ordeal because, you know, all of a sudden you're writing lyrics and recording scratch vocals and, you know, deciding on singers and talking to them and getting them to do their parts. So it turned into a lot of work, but I'm really glad I got the idea to do it. And uh, I'm happy with the way it turned out. Yeah, I love it. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I love the songs. I love your playing. You're playing. What I love so much about your playing is there's melody in it along with all the amazing technique and, and fast stuff, but there's always that great melody and tone to what you do. I'm, I'm curious, the way you sequence the record, you decided to do basically, if it was vinyl, one side, the, the vocal songs, and the second half of the record, all the instrumental songs. Was, w- tell me about that as opposed to maybe staggering it every other one. Why did you want to front load one side and the other just to play off of the title? You know, I I gave that a lot of thought, and at one point I was going to stagger them, you know, vocal, instrumental, or whatever. And just in the end, for whatever reason, I don't know why, I, I went with, like, loading the vocal songs for the first six. Maybe because I was most excited about them, because I haven't done a vocal thing in the past. And then I thought I would keep the uh, symmetry on, the you know, the second half. I would keep the same order. And, you know, it was a feel thing. I guess there was no right or wrong answer, but I just kind of went with it. And it's ironic. I've had some people not even notice that, you know, they're basically the same songs done two different ways. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's really that's really interesting. So tell me about the singers that you have on the record. All of them were guys I have known for a while or uh, worked with in the past. Keith Slack is on a couple, and I've known Keith since 1999 when I went on a tour opening for Michael Schenker, and Keith was Michael's singer. And uh, we all drove on the bus together on that tour. We did 32 shows throughout America. And I've just kept in touch with Keith, you know, over the years. We've become good friends, and we always talk about doing something together, but the opportunity just never came up. And this was finally the time. Like, I knew that was, you know, Keith definitely had to be on this record. And especially on the song Hummingbird, because it has a southern rock kind of vibe. And he's from Texas. He's got that Texas, big Texas voice. So he was perfect for that. Um, Mike DeMeo, who played in the band called Riot, also went on tour with me uh, playing keyboards and singing a couple songs. So that was kind of a, a guy that came to mind immediately as well. 
Brian Stevenson is from Toronto, and his band, Old James, opened up for us on a tour we did a few years ago, me and Uli Roth and uh, Black Knights Rising. Mm-hmm. And um, Ed Terry, we were on a project together, and I uh, played guitar. I got the song when it was finished and heard him for the first time and really liked his voice and his ideas. So, you know, these guys are just kind of guys in my orbit, I guess you could say. Yeah, they all they all bring something really cool, and they all have great voices, and what they do lends itself so so great to the material. You know, I want to I want to ask you about something you just said. So you you did a tour where you said where you opened for Shanker. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. And you said you guys were all on the same bus. Does that include Michael as well? No, it doesn't include Michael. Oh. Honestly, we shared a band. I used the same guys, uh, Barry Sparks on bass, Barry was at Michael's band, Shane Gallus on drums. So all the guys were doing double duties, except for Keith Slack, who was just singing with Michael. And uh, yeah, Michael drove himself, which was pretty crazy, in a rented vehicle with his wife. And man, did a lot of driving. But I think he's wow. kind, of, kind of the guy that likes to be, you know, by himself. Right, right. So, you know, that, that's fascinating to me. Obviously, you're in UFO and have been for a long time. Do, does, uh, so do you know Shanker well? I don't know him well. As I was telling somebody else today, you know, we did 32 shows on that tour, and I barely ever saw him. Um, he really kept to himself, and I heard him play every night. I'd play, and then I'd listen to him play. But, you know, he's, I guess, you know, just a real private guy and kept to himself. And I've talked to him over the years after that, you know, a few times here and there, but yeah, I didn't never really got to know him that well. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So the record's out. Are you, are you uh, hoping to be able to do live shows? Would you like to go out and, and play, you know, stuff with the, under your own name? Do you have some live shows planned to get out there some? Um, we're looking into dates right now for next spring. I'm my agent, and we don't have anything definitive yet. But, yeah, I definitely am excited to get out there and do some shows with this stuff. And and obviously, the whole situation with UFO, I mean, you know, scary stuff with Phil. I've been in touch with him. I know you have as well. Um, he seems to be on the mend, which is great to hear. Uh, nobody wanted to see UFO end the way it ended with Phil having a heart attack and you guys not be able to fulfill the final shows that he had planned the, in my last couple dialogues with him, it seemed like he was starting to come around to the idea uh, once he was through his rehab and everything to possibly do a few more shows. What can you tell us is the latest on the UFO front? I think he really wants to do it and he seems to be in good spirits and healthy. The physical therapy stuff is going well and he feels that the last, thing didn't end properly because you know we had shows in europe and we had to cancel like three work weeks worth of gigs and i don't think he likes ending it on that note so i think he really wants to go out and do more so i think it might happen but fingers crossed we'll see and you're obviously down with it i mean you're on board and into it if it happens oh yeah i definitely would like to see this thing through to the end and Phil sends his love, by the way. I've been texting with him today. Oh well, send him my best back. I mean, I as a as a fan, I I do think it would be great if it ended the right way. And I don't know why you guys were ending in Greece. <laughs> I mean, nothing against Greece, but UFOs got to end if it's in America, probably in Chicago. And if it's in uh, if it's not in America, it's got to be London, I would think. So you got to talk to him about that too. The final final show has got to be one or both of those places. Yeah, I totally agree with you, one hundred percent. I don't know why it kind of was going to happen that way, to be honest with you. And it should definitely end in London. And I hope we do another American run. That would be great. And uh, yeah. Yeah, he was talking. Though, my first gig ever with UFO was in Greece, so it would have been odd ending in Greece. (laughs) That is weird. You bookend your your tenure in UFO both in Greece, not the same venue, was it? Um, I don't think so. I think the club didn't exist twenty years ago, as far as I know, anyway. But no, not the same club. 
Right. I mean, yeah, it's been UFO has been certainly marred with some tragedy with Pete passing away. And of course, uh, Paul Raymond passing away and Paul Chapman passing away. And now this scare with Phil. So, yeah, there's got to be a positive, great final show somewhere. And I, I agree with you. I mean, I think London would probably make the most sense, but nothing against Greece. I've never been there. I'm sure it's beautiful, but. And I'm uh, probably speaking beautiful. probably speaking selfishly too because it's a little closer for me to not have to go to Greece. So fingers right. crossed, I mean, you guys you get to do there. more. It's a great country. Yeah, no, I'm not denying it. I'm sure it is. It's just a bit of a haul, but I just I just envision UFO as being like you know the quintessential British thing. It's got to end in England, you know, lights out in London. Maybe it'll happen that way. Now let's hope. And uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. We'll see. That's the definitely the proper way to end it. Well, listen, bud, good to catch up with you for a few. My best to you and the family for the, the holidays. And, again, check out Vinnie Moore's fantastic new record. It's called Double Exposure, and you get, uh, you get instrumental versions of the songs. You get songs with vocals, and it's a really, really cool project. And, uh, you know, you know I love your playing, so this is a great listen. Congrats on this. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I totally appreciate it. And happy you holidays to you and the family. You got it, Vin. I'll talk to you soon, man. Okay, buddy. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Always great to talk to Vinny. Check out his album. It's really killer. It's out there right now. And fingers crossed we'll get some UFO announcement at some time soon and at least a final proper couple shows for that incredible band. Big thanks to uh, Vinny. Big thanks to George Lynch. Big thanks for you for listening and subscribing to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Again, those interviews all happen live on my Sirius XM radio show. Be sure to join me and listen to Trunk Nation Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern, Faction Talk Channel 103, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. And again, follow on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page. Thanks to Joel Pollack for producing. Have a great week. I'll see you next Thursday for another new episode. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Just in and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.